Let's pray. Father God, as you raise the Lord Jesus to life again, would you raise us also? As we remember this story this morning, would you remind us of the new life that we can have too? And would you enable us to live it for our good and for your glory, we pray. Amen. Well, friends, I want you to tell me, what do these three men have in common? If you can't read down the bottom, Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, Steve Jobs. Yell it out. What do they have in common? They're dead. What was that? They're dead. They're dead. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> what else do they have in common? Anything else? They're inventors, yeah. Edison gave the world the electric light bulb. He didn't invent it, but he made it commercially viable. Ford gave us affordable cars. Steve Jobs gave the world the smartphone. They all invented things, and they all invented things which have changed our lives. Now, this morning, I got up and I turned on the light switch, and I didn't think about it. We stepped into our car as a family this morning and we drove here to church. We didn't think about it. And already this morning I have used my phone too many times. In fact, it's recording the sermon right now. They've all invented things that have changed our lives so much that we don't even notice their inventions until they stop working and then we have a panic attack. That's one thing that they have in common, but the other one is right, they are dead. As influential as they were, and still are, as life-changing as their contributions may have been, each of them, like us, were absolutely powerless to do anything about death. They changed our lives, but they could not change death. They were experts at problem-solving, but there was one problem that they could not solve. And friends, neither can we. Because for all the progress that humanity has made over the centuries, there remains one problem with life that no one seems to be able to do anything about. The ending. We all live in a world that is held captive by death. Death is the inevitable end of every life. Death is the problem that affects us all. But today, on Easter Sunday, we celebrate the solution. Today, we come to rejoice over the death of death. Today, we come to worship the one whose impact on the world is so enormous that not only did he change our lives, he has also changed our deaths. And he's done that by defeating death. Well, friends, in the next few moments, I want us all to see just how significant and how wonderful it is that Jesus rose again from death some 2,000 years ago. And so to help us see how good this news is this Easter, there's three things we're going to consider together. If you grabbed an outline, you'll find them on the back there. First, the problem of death. Second, the solution to death. And third, life beyond death. 
And I will just add, if you did grab a handout, the big idea at the top is not the big idea of today's sermon, that's of last week's sermon. If it looks interesting to you, you can listen to the recording later. Uh, But we're going to consider first the problem of death. And we don't need to look very hard to notice that we have a problem with death, do we? We don't need to look very hard to realise we're in a world haunted by death. All you need to do right now is just go cross-eyed. And you'll see proof. Because strapped to each of your faces right now is the proof that we live in a world that is fearful of death. For a little over 12 months now, we've all been washing our hands, keeping our distance, staying at home, staying away from airports, for no other reason than to delay the inevitable onset of death. That's right, isn't it? All the COVID measures, the face masks, the lockdowns, the vaccines, they're all trying to stop people from dying. Now, you might not agree with all the measures, but I think we can all agree on the goal of the measures, right? We all, as a general rule, like living. Living is good and dying is not as good. And that's why we spend trillions and trillions of dollars on healthcare and sanitation and emergency responses and safety measures in products. We spend time and energy on the goal of delaying death. And yet we'll never win that battle. All the clean water and healthy food and vaccinations and doctors in the world cannot overcome the problem of death. And the reason we can't beat the problem of death is because death is merely a symptom of something that's even bigger of a problem. That's the problem of sin. The reason we can't get rid of death is because we can't get rid of our sin. We live in a world haunted by death because we ourselves are tainted by sin. It began right back in humanity's, at the beginning of humanity's existence. And the Bible records this for us in Genesis chapter 2, where God creates Adam and Eve. He gives them absolutely everything that they could ever want in life. He asks of them just that they trust him and obey his words. And so he says to them, don't eat the fruit of that one tree in the garden, because if you eat of it, what will happen? You will die. And they eat it. They disobey their creator, their life giver. And so what happens? Well, they die. Not straight away. God is kind to them. He gives them many more years on the earth. But when we get to Adam's family tree that's recorded for us in Genesis 5, we see the story of the human race played out really clearly. Because every story ends with just three little words. Three little words that punctuate the end of every single life that we're told about in that genealogy. Then he died. That's Genesis 5 up there. That's those three little words circled. Every life, every story ends the same. Then he died didn't matter what they did in their lives. It didn't matter how many children they had. It didn't matter if they were rich or poor, whether they were successful or they were failures. 
didn't matter if they invented a light bulb or a car or a phone or whether they just used them. Every life, every story has that same miserable ending. Then they died. Because we've all sinned against God, we're all under that curse of sin. Romans 6 tells us that the wages of sin, the price that we must all pay for rejecting God, is death. And so we go about our lives trying to forge some kind of an existence for ourselves. We try and live a happy life, a full life. We try to live a life that makes other people's lives better. But it doesn't matter what kind of life we live, we can know how it will end. Those three little words will be the end of our stories too. Then she died. Then he died. And death is the problem we all face. It's the demon we can't shake. It's the dark shadow we can't escape. It haunts us. It threatens us. And one day it will take us. And so ever since humans first walked on this planet, we have cried out for a solution to the problem of death. 2,000 years ago, God answered that prayer. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, stepped down into this world to save us from sin and death. He came and said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Jesus came saying that he could offer life and life to the full. And then early one Sunday morning, in a garden outside the city of Jerusalem, he proved it by walking out of his own grave. The women we read about in Luke 24, they came looking for a dead man. But they found a man who had conquered death. They heard those words from the angels. He is risen. Jesus tasted death himself on the cross, but death was no match for the author of life. He overcame death. He conquered death. In Acts chapter 2, it says, and I love these words, it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Death was no match for Jesus. The undefeated heavyweight champion of the world. The all-conquering power that had defeated everyone up until that stage. The one who defeated Hannibal and Alexander the Great and Julius Caesar had finally met its match. Jesus trampled all over death as he walked out of that grave triumphant. And by defeating the symptom, he also defeated the cause By conquering death, he showed us that he has also conquered sin. He's got the cure for our greatest problem. He took the punishment for our sin. He paid the wages that were owed us. 
But the thing that makes this story, the thing that takes this story, rather, from that category of interesting to the category of life-changing is that Jesus conquered sin and death for you. Friends, this Easter, I don't want you just to know the story. You can know that Jesus died and rose again. You can know that Jesus died to deal with the problem of sin. You can think that's interesting. You can think that's noble. You can even think that's true. And yet have it not mean a thing. But Jesus rose again that we would have new life. And so friends, don't waste this Easter. Don't know in your head that Jesus died and rose again and then go home as if that doesn't matter. Because the thing that makes Easter such good news is that Jesus defeated death for you. Which means that you can live beyond death. That's exactly what our reading from Romans 6 is there to show us. Because in Romans 6, Paul doesn't talk about Jesus' death and resurrection as merely this historical event. He certainly believes that it is a historical event. He knows that it happened. But for Paul, the death and resurrection of Jesus isn't just something that happened back then. It's something that we are involved in. It's something that we participate in. The very first verse of Romans 6, I think I've got it up there. Uh, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Friends, this Easter, we're part of the story. This is something that we participate in. We died with Jesus on Good Friday. Now, we weren't nailed to a cross But if we believe that he bore our sin, then in a very real sense, our old sinful selves died with Jesus. And if we died with Jesus on Good Friday, we can be 100% confident that we will also rise with Jesus. Jesus conquered sin and death, and if we believe in him... We will too. And that is life-changing. There's three ways that that can really change your life. First, if you're united with Jesus in his resurrection, you don't need to face death. Now, until Jesus comes and blows the full-time whistle on his creation, we will all still physically die. Our physical lives will come to an end. And so we will face death in that way. One day our hearts will stop and our lungs will stop breathing and our minds will stop thinking. But friends, if your faith is in Jesus, then you will not face eternal death. You will not face the consequences of your sin. You will not face God's wrath. You will not receive What was owed you for your sin? We live in a world that is desperately trying to fight off death. But friends, if we're united with Jesus in his death, 
by admitting our guilt and seeking his forgiveness, well, then we can know that when our lives come to an end, we will rise again too. And we will never face death again. We will live forever. The future is good because of Easter Sunday. But the resurrection of Jesus doesn't just change the future, it changes your life right now too. Because Jesus has conquered death. Well, we don't need to face death then. But because we don't need to face death then, we don't need to fear death now. In fact, we don't need to fear anything now. Because Jesus has conquered death for us, we don't need to worry about dying. We don't need to worry about aging. We don't need to worry about being persecuted for our faith. We don't need to worry about not having enough money. We don't need to worry about our safety. You can wake up tomorrow without any fear because Jesus has conquered death for you. That day might bring anything and yet you can know that you have no fear. Even death itself doesn't need to frighten us anymore. Because we know that even the most painful of deaths is just a tiny bump on the road to eternal joy in the new creation. Friends, death is not the end anymore. Death is the doorway into a new beginning where we are happy, where we are satisfied, where we enjoy living with our Creator where the present struggles of this life are just completely forgotten. They seem like nothing. Easter Sunday changes our lives now because we don't need to fear death anymore. But there's another way that it changes our lives now. It's that our resurrection with Jesus means we don't need to serve death anymore. We don't need to face death, we don't need to fear death, but we also don't need to serve death. Now, in Romans 6, Paul says that the non-Christian is ruled by sin. Before we knew Jesus, we were slaves to sin. Because we were slaves to sin, well, we were slaves to death. We were serving it. We were controlled by it. Everything we did was leading to it. There was no escape. Didn't matter how hard we try. We cannot stop sinning and therefore we were powerless to change our impending date with death. But that old you is dead. At the cross, the old you that was ruled by sin, that served sin, was crucified with Jesus. And so in Romans 6 verse 6, Paul can say, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. He concludes his point right at the end in verse 11. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And so friends, because Jesus died for you, you can live a new life. You don't need to be controlled by sin anymore. You're dead to it. It's dead to you. You don't need it anymore. It doesn't control you anymore. You are resurrected. You're new people. And so we can start living like new people now. 
Now, we need to keep this in perspective. We will still sin. In the new creation, we'll be perfect. In the new creation, we won't sin. sin. Our sanctification will be complete then. We'll be perfect. We'll be like Jesus. But until that day, we, we can't expect perfection. But we can strive for it. And so if we are resurrected people, if your faith is in Jesus... If you died to sin and have risen again with Jesus, well, your life should look different now. And other people should be able to see that your life is different now. If your friends have only ever known you as a Christian, they should at least be able to see that you're different from their other friends. And so this Easter, if you call yourself a follower of the resurrected King... Let me encourage you to live like it. Let's live a new life without fear and without sin because Jesus has defeated those things for us. Let's live that new life. We're wrapping up now. In a world gripped by sin, in a world struggling against death, friends, today we have so much reason to celebrate. Easter gives us every reason to rejoice because today Jesus has not only changed our lives but he has changed our deaths. Death is defeated. The grave could not hold Jesus. That first Easter Sunday he burst forth into new life and he invites you to join him. He offers you life in exchange for the death that we have. Because he died, we can die to sin and death. And because he lives, we don't need to face death. We don't need to fear death. And we don't need to serve death. And that's worth celebrating. Today we celebrate life. Let's thank God for that life. Let's pray together. Our Father, we rejoice in the hope that we have because Jesus has conquered death. May that truth be real to us. May we leave this place this morning rejoicing because we don't have to face death anymore and we don't need to fear death anymore. Lord, we thank you that Jesus has dealt with our greatest need and graciously invited us into a new life with him. Lord, enable us to live this new life now, and may you set our eyes firmly on the hope of the new life that we will enjoy in the new creation. May we live for that now, for the glory of our risen Saviour Jesus. Amen.